Left field, Austin turns, look, see ya! A grand slam for Gary Sanchez, and the Yankees lead 6-0. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in to episode 1B, our Yankee special, part of our two-part Big Blue Pinstripe podcast launch special. Excited to get things going, We've got a lot to talk about the Yankees, the Yankees are a full month into the 2019 season and things are very interesting in their side of the world. Got a lot of people on the injured list, a lot of people dealing with day-to-day injuries, yet they somehow keep winning. They're, you know, 17 and 11 at this point. I just watched them uh, finish off the sweep of the Giants this afternoon before recording this. I, I can't believe they, they continue to string wins together. They're, they're 11 and 2 in their last 13, the you know, best record in baseball across that span, and they're only a game and a half behind the Rays who are rolling. It's pretty impressive. I'm... I'm amazed at this team and I'm, I cannot wait to see what happens when these guys comes back these guys come back hopefully they start coming back soon but things are looking good I mean they are winning games in ways that we didn't expect them to win games they aren't relying on the home run they're hitting a lot of home runs but they're not relying on the home run like they did in the past they're you know playing small ball there's over the course of these uh seven games I guess it was against the Angels and Giants, they stole 12 bases. 12. Years past, it would take them three months to steal 12 bases. It's pretty cool to see, and they got guys playing all over the field. So much versatility, so much just guys getting on base, doing the right things, doing the little things correctly, and, you know, moving people from, you know, base to base, from moving station to station to, to score runs, and it's, it's, it's really cool. The, the injury list itself is unbelievable. Like, I honestly have no idea how they're winning so many games. Let me just run down. I know everybody knows who's on the list. Let me just run down. You got Miguel Andujar, the starting third baseman. Dylan Batances, the unanimous setup guy, one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Greg Bird, who was supposed to be fighting for a first base job against Luke Voigt. Obviously, Luke Voigt probably won the job anyway, but Bird would be that left-handed bat off the bench. You got Jacoby Ellsbury, with, which really doesn't make a difference. I mean, who cares about Jacoby Ellsbury at this point? Uh, Clint Frazier, who was tearing it up in left field after the Stanton and Judge injuries. Clint Frazier got a shot, and he was tearing it up. Got injured again. He missed pretty much the entire last season with a concussion. It's unfortunate for him, but another guy that wasn't intended to be a starter, got forced into being a starter, played well, got hurt on the IL. Um, you also got Didi Gregorius, who had Tommy John at the end of last season. He should be the starting shortstop. However, we knew that going into the season that he wasn't going to be there. They had a plan you know, to remedy that. However, it is another guy that's on the list that is one of their better hitters, from, especially from the left side of the plate, which they don't have as many as they used to. Um, you also got Aaron Hicks, who was supposed to be the opening day starting center fielder. He's not there. Aaron Judge. We all know who Aaron Judge is. They need Aaron Judge bad. Jordan Montgomery, who probably would be the number five starter. Not sure he's going to get that spot back when he comes back. Uh, he's, he's slated to come back sometime around July, sometime in July. Not exactly sure when. But when he gets back, I mean, who, who are you taking out? Domingo Herman is one of my one of my favorite pitchers to watch right now, and we're going to get into him later because I am loving this guy a lot. Um, you're not going to take out James Paxson. You're not going to take out uh, Jay Happ, which they probably should, but they won't because they're paying him too much money. You're not going to take out CC unless he gets hurt, which is possible, but he's pitching really well. You're not going to take out Tanaka, who's the ace 
at the moment. You're not going to take out Severino when he gets back. Severino obviously has you know pecking order above Montgomery, which rightly so. You're not going to you're not going to take out these guys. And Jordan Montgomery is going to be a luxury to have. However, when he gets back, I'm not sure he's going to make a whole lot of difference. He's probably going to finish the season. I'd be I'd be shocked if he makes a start this year, unless you know the the starting rotation gets ravaged by injury, which is possible. But other than that, I don't I don't really see him making any starts other than bringing him up for a spot start and a doubleheader, kind of something like that. Um, also, like I just mentioned, Luis Severino, the ace of the staff, was you know third in the Cy Young vote two years ago. They need him really bad. Don't really have any idea what's going on with him. He hurt his elbow at first, was getting checked out for that, kind of got sidelined for that. Then he hurt his shoulder. Not really sure what's going on. Um, shoulder issues are never good, especially when you don't know what it is. That's a big problem. If they can't figure out what's wrong, yet every time he moves his arm and throws a baseball, it hurts. That's not good. He's slated to come back around July. I just like Montgomery, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make a start this year, which really sucks. Uh, in addition to him, you got Giancarlo Stanton, who was, you know, the starting DH, their high-dollar meh guy they traded for last year. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Stanton guy, but uh, he's obviously a better DH than, you know, Austin Romine. Um, and then Troy Tulowitzki, who was their shortstop replacement for Didi, he's now on the injured list. In addition, as I mentioned before, I was watching the Giants game. Yankees-Giants game before I came on, uh, DJ LeMahieu left the game with an injury. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. Not great. They don't think it's that big of a deal. However, it's not good. He's been one of their better hitters this year. Uh, he's been playing second base pretty much exclusively. Um, and also Gio Urshela, who wasn't really on anyone's radar coming into the season, but he's been playing excellently, kind of all over the field. Been mostly playing third base in... In Andujar's absence, uh, but he can play pretty much all over the infield. Hit in the wrist by a pitch uh, today and left the game, so hopefully he's okay. X-rays were negative. Hopefully he's okay. So I just spent five minutes talking about just the guys on the injured list, which goes to tell you that it's absolutely absurd. I actually uh, was checking out Twitter while I was watching the game, and I live in D.C., so I, I listened to you know, some DC sports radio. There's a guy who I'm, I'm a really big fan of. I respect everything he does. He's a great sports mind, especially a baseball mind, uh, Grant Paulson, who does the afternoon radio show here. He tweeted saying that the Nationals lost their first baseman today. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman got hurt, and Anthony Rendon, I guess, is, has missed a few games. So they're missing... Three guys, Ryan Zimmerman, Trey Turner, who's, you know, pretty much their star player at shortstop, and Anthony Rendon. And he's like, it's a horrific start for a team that even for their injury standards is struggling right now because they're trying to, you know, make up for what's missing from three guys. And I read that tweet and I just started laughing out loud. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I, I, I even, I quoted his tweet and I responded. I was like, imagine considering three starters missing and considering that a horrific start uh, what do you call what the Yankees are going through they got 12 guys on the IR that IR IL that pretty much I would say at least 10 of them would be on the opening day 25 man roster probably more than that and I would say eight of them 
would be starting on opening day because Severino would be on the mound on opening day. Dylan Betances would pitch if it was an important or if it was a winnable close game. And Duhar's in the lineup. Didi's in the lineup. Hicks is in the lineup. Judge is in the lineup. Stanton's in the lineup. These guys are all in the lineup on opening day. We don't have any of them. I don't want to hear your DC crybaby shit. You're missing three guys. Anyway, got off on a little tangent there. I just thought that was funny and wanted to wanted to mention that. Again, Grant Paulson is a, is a great sports mind. I love I love listening to him on the radio. I just thought that was funny. Other than that, like I said, these guys are they're playing well. And I, I, I don't know what it is. The next man up mentality is working because these guys are getting their shot, taking advantage of it. I mean, you guys, you got guys like Mike Ford, minor league journeyman who's in the minors for six, seven years, waiting to get his call, was bouncing around from different organizations, kind of found a home with the Yankees. Uh, AAA affiliate and Scranton Wilkesbury was a pretty good was a middle of the order bat in their lineup power guy great eye is on base guy he's you know very similar to very similar to Greg Bird in a way if Greg Bird could get his shit figured out that first year of Greg Bird great eye uh, he's very patient at the plate and you know has that power as a sweet swing Mike Ford has a pretty sweet swing not the defensive player that Bird is, but that would be my comparison. Came up hitting well. His first couple hit, um, including a bomb. Guys like that, that no one expected to be a part of this team. I mean, there was days where he was hitting fifth. He was hitting fifth. Like, who is this guy? There's people watching these games. There's baseball fans watching these games that have no idea who these people are. And he's batting fifth in the Yankees lineup. A Yankees team that, need I remind you, were favorites to win the World Series this year. So obviously, the experts thought very highly of this team. And didn't expect to see guys like Mike Ford batting fifth. Another guy that's been batting fifth a lot, Michael Taukman, traded for him right before the season began from uh, from Colorado. He's been okay. Um, got off to a pretty good start in the first couple games. He I was like, who the hell is this guy? He's actually pretty good, uh, but he's cooled off. I mean, he's hitting, you know, he's under 200, but plays good defense and he's, he's an outfielder. They don't have any outfielders. Um, I mean, Tyler Wade and. Tyro Estrada have been playing in the outfield because they just don't have any. As I mentioned before, all the outfielders on the IL, Ellsbury, Judge, Stanton, Frazier, Hick. I mean, you got five outfielders on the injured list. I mean, how many outfielders do you have? They, they didn't have outfielders on their 40-man roster. They had to bring up an infielder and teach them how to play left. And Estrada and Urshela and Wade are, are, have been rotating in left field, and they, <laughs> these guys aren't outfielders. But it's pretty cool to see these guys come up, and they're making a difference. Um, Clint Frazier got his shot. I mean, he had... What had to have been one of the most frustrating seasons of not only his career, but, you know, anybody that's looking to get their big league shot. I mean, hey, he had his shot last year and got hurt in the in the spring training and never came back from it. Um, got hit with a concussion, never came back, and that's unfortunate. He's a good player. He's an excellent hitter. Everyone raves about his bat speed and how legendary it is, but... He really is a good hitter, and he was tearing it up, hitting clean up with his Yankees, and he got hurt again, which really is what gave Talkman his shot, doing what he can. But, I mean, he's Michael Talkman. Who, I mean, <laughs> what what is he supposed to do? On the other side of things, you got, you know, Tyro Estrada, who I've mentioned previously, who's coming up, got his shot. He's one of the, one of the higher, more highly touted prospects in the Yankee system, hitting well. He's played five games, now he's batting 429. Not, he, he's not a home run hitter. And he's obviously not going to sustain that. I mean, he's not Ted Williams. But he's, he's doing what he can, and he's making the most of his opportunity. And when when these guys start coming back, I mean, it's going to it's gonna be hard to send someone like that down unless he goes on a, you know, a elongated cold streak. 
it's going to be hard to send that guy down. Gio Urshela is another guy. Uh, this guy, he's he's not a rookie. I mean, he, he was with the Indians for a little while. Excellent defender, was an okay hitter. Wasn't really seen as an offensive player. He was more of a backup to the backup that, you know, plays good defense. Like, he's like a backup catcher. Backup catchers aren't supposed to be offensive, you know, monsters. They're supposed to be good catchers, good game callers. And, yeah, you, you give your, you know, your starting catcher a rest once a week. That's pretty much what he is in the infield. He could play all across the infield and apparently now left field. He's an infielder by trade, and he's doing really well. And, and I don't know what was what he was doing over the offseason, but he's got his bat. Uh, in business with with all the people missing he's he's gotten into 20 games they've played 28 games so far he's played in 20 of them and he's batting 351 with six doubles eight runs uh six rbis like the kids playing well playing excellent defense making a web gem pretty much every night it's it's wild to talk about a team who had such high expectations and such a star-studded roster that there was guys that would be you know, middle-of-the-order hitters in other lineups that aren't even making the team. I keep mentioning Clint Frazier. If everyone was healthy, Clint Frazier would not have had an at-bat this year. He wouldn't have had an at-bat. And he's he would hit in the middle of the order in probably 26 other lineups across baseball. He's that good of a hitter. And this team is so good and so deep that he he wouldn't have made the 25-man roster. He didn't make the 25-man roster. He was he started the season in Triple A. It's unbelievable. It's awesome to watch. If you're a fan of the Yankees right now, I mean you gotta be loving this. I I am. I mean, this is so much fun to watch because they're grinding out at bats, they're grinding out innings, wearing down pitchers. You know, everybody I don't know what it is about the Yankees organization, but it seems like everybody that comes through that farm system has an excellent plate discipline. I don't know what they're teaching them down there and who their coaches are, but those coaches need to be revered for the work they're doing and and teaching these kids. How to how to work a work account and how to see the strikes on like the way they see the strikes on you know something that Vladimir Guerrero would have been proud to have in in his career with the balls that he swung at but it, it's it's cool it's it's so much fun to watch I'm I'm having a blast watching them every day it's gonna be fun it, it'll be even more fun when the big guys come back and they're winning these games 12 to 2 instead of you know 6 6 to 3 but winning is a win is a win I don't really care how it gets done and to be honest they should be even a little bit better because the the best unit of their team which was supposed to be the bullpen, which was supposed to be one of the best bullpens in the history of the game, really didn't start out that good. Zach Britton struggled out the gate. Adam Ottavino, the new addition from Colorado, who said he was going to strike out Babe Ruth every time he pitched against him. First couple outings were good. Then he had a rough patch of like three or four straight outings where he didn't look very good. He's walking a lot of hitters. But kind of got it back together. But, you know, he was... He pretty much had taken over the eight inning, eighth inning slot with Batances out. Didn't get off to the best start, but you know he's got it back under control. Most most of them have it back under control now, but that start wasn't very good. Chad Green is I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Chad Green. That dude can't not he he can't get anybody out. He was you know their stud middle reliever, which another guy that would be you know a setup man on. 25 other teams is really their fifth sixth inning guy middle relief that it can give you an inning or two because there's so many guys that are behind him but this year I don't, I don't know what his deal is it's almost like they need to make up an injury to get him out let him work on shit because his era is over 16 you can't trust him with anything i mean he comes in with a with a six nothing lead and throws you know 15 pitches and it's six four with you know two men on like what the hell just happened i don't know what his deal is i don't know what what's going on with that but either something's not right he said the the worst part about this is nothing is wrong i don't 
I'm in no pain. Like I don't, I don't feel anything is wrong. And he said, that's what sucks. And he's like, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, well, something is going wrong. So we got to figure it out. We got to either send you down to AAA, let you work on it against, you know, not so good hitters or come up with an injury to sit you down for 10 days and, and figure your shit out because you suck. On the other side of things, a bright spot in the bullpen, Tommy Canely, who came over in the trade with the White Sox a couple years ago with David Robertson. I was a big fan of him when they made the trade initially. He pitched well. I believe that was 2017. He pitched very well. And then they got he got hurt, I guess, and he got hurt last year. And I don't know if he never fully recovered or what the issue was. He lost his arm slot. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but he struggled last year, spent a lot of time in the minors. This year, he's rolling. He's, he's got his shit back. Striking out people again. He's walking a little bit less. I mean, he's always going to get high walks. He's, you know, a power arm in the bullpen. He's a high walk guy. But the strikeouts are up. The ERA is way down. You know, his ERA is under two. Uh, one, one, 169. Almost 13 strikeouts per nine innings, which is great. This this bullpen is going to strike people out. If he keeps his shit together and maintains this for most of the year, that bullpen is going to be even scarier than people thought originally. Especially once Batances comes back. If he comes back, uh, he's supposed to be coming back around sometime in the June time frame. If he comes back and, and he's prepared and, and ready to go you got chapman you got Britton, you got Ottavino, you got canley you got batansis that's dirty i don't i don't know how people are going to score runs off that as i keep saying if they if they have it all together if they pitch the way that they're supposed to pitch and the way they have pitched in the past and yeah i don't know how people are going to score runs off them it, it would make it a lot easier on this starting rotation that's doing okay they're you know they're chugging along without their ace jay happ is exactly what i thought jay happ was going to be he sucked i don't i don't know why they signed him it, it was a panic move because they lost out on patrick corbin 100 percent convinced of it i think they they wanted Corbin. They didn't want to spend the money that the Nationals spent. So they were like, well, we need a starter. Fuck it. Let's get Happ. He pitched well last year. Well, he's 36 years old, and he throws 91. I mean, he's, it is what it is. He's going to be okay. Actually, a, a funny little footnote. He pinch hit today. It shows you how, how how short the bench is. When you're pinch hitting a pitcher for a pitcher, that's rough. It's And he actually hit the ball. He grounded out the second. <laughs> he didn't strike out. So that's cool. But he, he is what I... Uh, I don't know. They, they traded Sonny Gray, and I hated Sonny Gray, so I'm glad they traded him. But Jay Happ is doing the same thing. He's not striking anybody out. He's letting up bomb after bomb after bomb, and I don't, I, they keep putting him out every five days. You got you got kids that are better than he is. Jonathan Loisiga is he needs to be starting instead of Jay Happ. Jay Happ, I know I know they, there's an unwritten rule in baseball that your highest paid people need to play, but he's just not good, and they're winning despite him. Something they need to they need to figure out. They need to look in the mirror and 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 understand that just because you're making that much money doesn't mean you need to be playing. Domingo Herman is their best pitcher right now and he's 26 years old on a rookie deal this is his first full season he's the best pitcher right now best starter he's he is filthy he's got his command under control a little bit better he's still walking a little bit of people but it's not like he was and it's cool to see because I'd, i've been high on him in a way i his stuff was always there but he he just walked so many hitters that it was like is he ever going to figure this out and become a starter seemed like he was destined to be a, a long relief bullpen arm just because he couldn't keep the walks under control well now he's got the the command under control he's not walking as many people he's not really striking out as many striking out as many people which i think could be because he's walking less he's in and around the strike zone more so more people are putting bat on the ball but they're they're not hitting him hard so his stuff is good enough that even if he's throwing the ball in the strike zone they're not 
putting good wood on it and you know he's getting out which is good which that is sustainable if you got filthy stuff and you keep the ball in and around the strike zone it's sustainable you're going to be good for a long time so hopefully he he keeps that going because he's fun to watch he's a little skinny kid that doesn't speak any english and just plows through a lineup it's it's really cool why don't we take a little break um i got an ad to read for you guys um and then we'll come back after the break and i i, I want to talk a little bit about the off season, which obviously is kind of a thing in the past right now, but since this is our first episode talking about the Yankees, I kind of want to get into it because there's a lot of shit happened, obviously, across baseball, not just with the Yankees. The Bryce Harper free agency saga sent shockwaves across baseball, and it, it's affecting everything moving forward, and I kind of want to get into that a little bit, but I, I got an ad for you, uh, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Now that we know you're listening to the show, we know you're a sports fan, chances are that if you're a sports fan, you're a fantasy sports player like myself. I don't know if you're playing daily fantasy sports or not, but you need to be. We know the best part about fantasy is the draft. We now have daily fantasy sports and the draft together in a site called Draft. It's perfect. You get daily snake drafts, daily winnings, small groups, so it's not like you're dealing with the salary cap where there's 5,000 people that got the same team as you. No, you're playing in groups of you know 6 to 15, so everybody's got different teams doing your snake draft. Sign up using promo code NERDS, N-E-R-D-Z. You get free entry to a $3 contest after your first deposit. Draft.com slash nerds with a Z. Sign up today. All right, welcome back. Now that you guys have signed up for draft, uh, it's time to get back into it. So before the break, I teased that I want to talk about the offseason and what all went down because it was, you know, one of the more hectic offseasons we've had in recent years. Obviously, the Bryce Harper, whether you like him or you don't, um, it's it's hard to deny the fact that the, the kid is a superstar across the league, um, whether his stats actually um, validate that title. We'll get into that because I don't necessarily think they do. But... He is a, a superstar as far as MLB standards, and he wanted superstar money, obviously, and waited a very long time to get it. But we, we haven't seen a free agent like that in a long time, if ever. Usually, those big stars usually get re-signed by their original team, and, and the Nationals didn't seem at all interested, which is a giant red flag. Maybe it's just me kind of tooting my own horn, but... I think that's a red flag. The fact that the team really didn't make any type of, they made an offer, but it wasn't, it was, let's be, let's be honest. The offer they made was absolutely ridiculous. If he would have taken that, everyone would have just called him a dumbass and, and said, yeah, have fun, you know, losing in the first round every year for the rest of your life. It is what it is. He became a free agent. He wanted that money. He got the money he wanted. I don't think the deal is, is great. I mean, trust me, if, if someone gave me $330 million, I'd, I don't care what the contract looks like. That's generation-changing money, life-changing money. You, you, I mean, you're providing two to three generations of Harpers with wealth comfort. And you can't really put... We, we can't really even fathom what that feels like. But as far as the contract, comparing to other contracts across baseball, it really wasn't a very good one. But but yeah, obviously, so the offseason started with... Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are the, the two of the biggest names in baseball, and they were both entering free agency. They both wanted major deals. They both got them. Certainly seemed like they were bouncing off of or, or waiting for the other to sign first to see what that number would be. The other could hit it. As a, a fan of the Yankees, for anyone that knows me personally, knows that I have never liked Bryce Harper, never wanted him to be a Yankee. There's been talk about him being being signed by the Yankees as far as, you know, three years ago. Leading up to the 2018 offseason, 
I, I don't know why they wanted him so bad or why the fans wanted him so bad. I don't. He's a good player for the money that he was going to get. It's not worth it. He's not that good. By all counts of Nationals players and media, he's not a fun person to be around. He's dull. He's boring. He's cocky. He doesn't say the right things. He would get chewed up in the New York media. Let's be honest. DC is a, a major city in the country. It's not a major sports town. It's not a major sports media outlet. They give you a, a much longer leash than you would get in New York. I mean, they'll give you a much longer leash than he gets in Philly. I mean, he was getting booed in Philly in the first game. Yeah, welcome, welcome to a real sports town, buddy. But yeah, I don't understand why people wanted him. I didn't want him. I didn't want anything to do with them. I didn't even want them to get involved in any way, um, which they obviously didn't, which is awesome. I wanted Machado up until last year, up until the emergence of both Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar. Not saying that Machado wouldn't be an upgrade. He might be an upgrade right now. Long term, I don't. Is his career going to be better than Andujar's and Torres's? I don't know. Those guys are really good ballplayers. So I don't know if he's even going to be better than them. And those guys are making less than a million. So sign me up for that. Not that I, I really care about the money. It's not my money. I don't I don't care how much these guys get these guys get paid. I do and I don't. Like you, you want people to be paid what they're worth, but at the same time, does it really matter in this sport? It matters in other sports because the the salary cap is a hard cap. Like in football, you cannot exceed your cap. And that makes a big difference. So these guys, so I would care about the money. As far as baseball goes, there's a there's a cap. I don't really know what it's there for because if the team has the money to spend above the cap, they're more than more than welcome to. And they just have to they just have to pay a luxury tax. Which for 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 a group like the a family like the Steinbrenners, that doesn't make a difference. These guys are worth billions of dollars. It doesn't matter. The Yankees bring in so much revenue that they can have a billion dollar payroll and they're not going to lose money. So the cap is kind of irrelevant, and I don't want them to just spend just stupid money just because I'm sick and tired of the fucking storyline of the Yankees win because they spend all this money and they can outpay everybody else. Like, no, the Yankees win because they're fucking good. This team, the the highest-paid player on the team is Giancarlo Stanton, and I think he should be batting eighth. I don't think he's that good either. He's the highest-paid player on the team. The guys that are running this team are the guys that aren't making very much. Bring it back to, you know, the, the free agency, like, I wanted Machado, kind of, didn't really know where he would fit in, which is a very weird thing to say, but I like the culture that they had. All these kids came up together. They all played together in the minors. They obviously have a very strong relationship amongst themselves. I mean, these guys all hang out together off the field. A lot of reports have come out, you know, over the offseason that Machado wasn't that great of a dude, that not a lot of teammates, not that they didn't like him, but that he was kind of a loner, didn't hang out with them off the field, things like that. I kind of like that on my team. I want you guys to have that camaraderie that you actually genuinely like each other want to hang out with each other it makes baseball is a it's a team game obviously everybody kind of does their own thing you're going through the lineup so does it really matter what the guy in front of you does that doesn't affect you really it's not like football where a wide receiver does nothing unless the quarterback gets on the ball it's not like that but that camaraderie among a team actually makes a difference and you see that in a lot of these teams you see that in houston who those guys genuinely like each other and those guys are really good you see that actually makes a difference and i like what the yankees have i didn't want them to lose that i didn't want bryce harper because i thought bryce harper would fucking tear that apart didn't want that i thought it I wasn't really sure where Machado would fit. I, I liked the team the way it was constructed. I didn't want him to bump and do hard of the lineup. Stanton's getting all this fucking money. They made this big splash move to trade for him. You're not going to not play him. He's the DH. He's not even playing anywhere. So the DH spot is filled. It's locked in unless he gets hurt, which he does. But you're not going to plan for that. Not with a superstar. You're not going to plan for that. I like Torres at second. I like DD at short. 
I like Andujar at third. Is Machado a better better third baseman than Miguel Andujar? Of course he is. Is he a better hitter than Miguel Andujar? Ah, not really. I mean, Andujar hit 300 with 27 bombs and 90 RBIs last year. That's pretty much what Manny Machado gives you. He might give you 30 to 35 home runs. In all honesty, he's going to be in that ballpark, and Andujar did that with three weeks of the season missing because he didn't get called up until April when Drury got hurt. I would have been happy if they signed him, but they didn't, and it would have been nice now seeing how many people they have hurt but i mean you like i said you don't plan for you plan for like occasional injury stuff you're not going to plan for your seven ninths of your lineup to be ravaged with, through injury so it is what it is however looking at it from a not a fan of a specific team's pr- perspective what those two guys did destroyed free agency as we know it this is going to be this this year this offseason is going to be seen as the offseason that pretty much destroyed what makes baseball unique. What makes baseball unique is these superstar players actually move from teams to team. You don't see that in other sports. You see that in basketball, but basketball is kind of weird because the, the players kind of, they kind of run the show. Like, you see LeBron, you see Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. These guys, if they want to play with somebody, they tell the GM, hey, I want you to get this guy. They go get this guy. I don't want to be in a city. They just pick a fucking city and go there. Um, you don't really see that in baseball, but baseball, these superstars move around. We're not going to see that anymore. That's not going to happen. You're seeing guys like, you're seeing the young superstars of the game. Ronald Acuna, these guys are signing now and they're really not signing big deals. You got guys like Eloy Jimenez, the outfielder for the White Sox, who was one of the top prospects in baseball for the last couple of years. Getting his shot, he made the opening day roster. He's already signed an eight-year extension. He hasn't even played yet. He's a minor leaguer, basically, just pretty much just passed. Actually, he probably hasn't even passed the, the rookie or the uh, yeah the rookie threshold. He probably hasn't had 150 at-bats yet. It's, it's April 28th or 25th, whatever today is. He's already signed for eight years. I mean, you wouldn't see that. Like, Bryce Harper wouldn't have done that. Mike Trout kind of did it but after four years of playing in the big leagues like these guys are signing before they even play that's gonna have a ripple effect in the future and these these players aren't going to leave. These players are signing deals for discounts with the exception of Mike Trout. That contract is fucking nuts. It's deserved. Um, he earned it. He's the best player I've ever seen. But at the same time, he's a guy that could have tested free agency. He probably, Bryce Harper wanted $500 million. He, he was nuts for wanting that. Mike Trout could get $500 million if he entered the free agency market. He would get $500 million. I guarantee that. He almost did with just an extension from his, the team he already had that wasn't negotiating against anybody. They had sole rights of him and they negotiated a deal for 400 whatever they said it was it was reported at 430 million but it ended up being like 428 and a half because that makes a big fucking difference just absurd absolutely shit on bryce harper's record in air quotes record deal of you know 330 million but this this ripple effect is coming down you got guys that are signing these extensions that that wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for bryce harper and Manny Machado to a lesser extent. Bryce Harper was the guy that drove this train, that wanted record money, that got record money that was beat for a week later. A week later, Mike Trout signed this extension. Now Bryce Harper's deal is not the record anymore. It's just he had the record for seven days and now he's in Philly for 13 years with no opt-outs. Is he gonna bitch and moan? I mean, the guy's fucking loaded, so probably not. Um, but it, it affects everything else. Thank, thankfully, those of us listening to the show, probably Yankee fans or else I'm not really sure why you're listening, but we have a good young core of players that it might work to our benefit to sign these guys to extension, sign the Aaron Judges, sign the Gary Sanchez, the, the Torres, the Andujars, Severino already did. Severino signed a, a 
deal for four years, $40 million. $10 million a year to a clear number one starter, probably a top five to seven starter in the American League, if not better than that when he's healthy. $10 million a year. I mean, there's guys that are backup infielders that are making $10 million a year. It's absurd. And I hope the rest of the team follows suit because if they do that, if they sign, if they extend all these guys, their competitive window is as long as they want it to be because these guys are good ball players. They all like each other. The chemistry is there. Keep them all together. The only way to keep them all together is if some of them take discounts, which you know, the Aaron Judge, who is the superstar on this team. If he takes that discount and, you know, signs an extension for a reasonable amount and you get, you know, uh, Gary Sanchez behind him doing the same thing. You get Glaver Torres behind him doing the same thing. You got all of this core. You got this entire team staying together. This entire team that was already one win away from the World Series two years ago. His team has already been there. They haven't gotten to the series yet, but they've shown that they can win in the playoffs. They've shown that they can beat the best teams. They beat an Indian, they beat an Indian team when they were down 2-0 in a, in a best of five. They won three straight against an Indians team that was fresh off going to the World Series the year before in 2016 when they lost to the Cubs. The Yankees beat them three games in a row after being down 2-0 and then really should have beat the Astros. They, they were up 3-2 with two games in Houston and lost both games and the Astros ended up winning the World Series. Really, they had two tries to win a game in Houston to go to the World Series before anybody thought that they would do that. This team has already been there. That's a big part of it. They already have that experience. They've already been through the playoffs they've already won two wild card games which is kind of a pain in the ass the way they have it set up now i understand how it makes things more interesting they've already won two of those playing games which is that adds a lot of experience to this team how to win when you know your back's against the wall and you have to beat a team today uh, baseball is not always like that baseball is generally about winning series like you want to win every day obviously but you want to win series if you win every series you're looking good winning those play those wild card games is a real you know chemistry and experience builder for this team you keep these guys together with these cheap extensions the sky's the limit they could win you know three four world series i mean we could be talking we could be throwing aaron judge in the same conversation as Derek jeter we could be throwing luis severino in the same conversation as andy pettit this could be the core four again and it might even be like core seven i mean they got a whole lineup of guys that are that are these young yankee developed players yankee drafted yankee signed players we're gonna thank bryce harper for this when when we move forward and we look at free agency classes they're not going to look anything like they did last year we we talked about the 2018 draft class for four years leading up to this because 2012 was such a big year for you know rookie call-up they like that year had so many big names coming up that we knew that they were all going to be free agents at the same exact time mike trout should have been a free agent last year but he signed a previous extension he's he's a he's a different animal he's baseball is not gonna own him mike trout is mike trout he's he, he you know he beats to his own drum he's the best player in, on the planet and he he will never tell you that he's i, I love that guy <laughs> needless to say that, that I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his but what happened this offseason and and it seems like it's not even going away because there's still guys that haven't been signed so you got guys that are looking for this ridiculous money and teams like the teams now are not even like interested they're just like nah there's teams out there that could use craig kimbrell who's, you know, one of the most successful closers in baseball history. They could use Craig Kimbrell, and he's not signed because he's not coming off of his asking price, and teams that don't have a cap and have the money to pay him are just like, no, I'm not doing that because I really don't know why, because I don't want to pay you that much money because I don't necessarily think you're worth that much money. Uh, there are some teams that do everything in their power to stay under the cap, which is fine. I mean, most teams don't make the amount of money the Yankees make, so they don't have a, they don't have a 
as much leeway to make those deals because they if they go over the cap it's going to hurt them financially personally that's fine there are teams that can afford craig kimbrell that could use craig kimbrell that aren't signing craig kimbrell boston that makes you question the whole process now you move forward these teams these players aren't going to be they're going to be afraid to even get involved in this free agency because there's a lot of players out there that don't have the the pedigree of a craig kimbrell they can't afford to miss half a season because if they miss half a season they're going to get lapped by everybody else no one's going to want them anymore they're going to have to find you know probably a, a minor league contract with an invite to spring training in the future obviously probably make the team because they're I'm, I'm talking about people that are more prevalent than the backups of the world like there's guys that are going to be scared to test this process which we have seen because there are a lot of people signing extensions already it pisses me off too because i, I like i said this is going to change this is going to take away what makes baseball unique and i hate that i love i i hate all the changes that baseball is making the reason i love this sport so much is because they've always stuck to their roots they've always remained america's pastime they do they it's not a time sport they don't enforce a pitching clock they didn't do these things before that they're doing now and i don't like it they're changing the game to you know to please the fans that aren't real baseball fans which I get it. You want to expand. Everyone's trying to keep up with the NFL because the NFL is just blowing all the other sports out of the water. And I get that. But baseball has one of the purest fan bases because it's such a historical sport that they the rules have not changed. Those fans aren't going anywhere. The problem is those fans are getting older, um, younger, especially in today's world with social media, pretty much being able to watch anything you want, any sport, any game, any day. You didn't used to have that. You used to have, you know, you would watch what was nationally televised, which was usually a Yankee game you don't get that anymore and they're trying to they're trying to please these fans they're trying to build their fan base and and grow the sport to a younger generation which I I understand I don't like it because I like baseball for what baseball is I grew up playing baseball the first six years of my childhood playing baseball and I fell in love with the sport even though I didn't pursue it later on I found another sport that I wanted to play competitively for pretty much the rest of my life baseball always had that spot in my heart and the reason for that is what I'm telling and they're changing it. They have all these new rules coming out next year and I don't like it. And this free agency thing was the last thing that baseball had that was unique. That other, the NFL, as big as it is, as marketable and as much money as they make, they don't have the free agency that baseball has. They don't have the trade deadline that baseball has. Major League Baseball's trade deadline is a is an event. And it baseball fans wait for that day and are glued to their phone trying to see where everybody's going because superstars get moved every year. The NFL doesn't have that. Their trade deadline this year was a little bit better a little bit more active was a lot of fun baseball has been doing that for forever their trade deadline is one of the most exciting days of the year for me their free agency is one of the most exciting times for the year for me and bryce harper ruined this Bryce Harper ruined this, and it pisses me off so much. And then the little shit face goes to Philly. Sorry, I'm getting off on a little tangent here, just for my hatred of Bryce Harper. He went to Philly, and in a spring training game, played the intro to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at his first at bat. In West Philadelphia, born and raised. Dude, you were fucking born in Las Vegas. You played seven years in D.C. You go to Philly for ten games a year, and you, like, I get you're trying to, you're trying to make the fan base happy. If you're going to play that song, dude, be from Philadelphia. Don't be from Las Vegas and go to Philadelphia and be like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to be here. I was born here, raised here. I love this place. It's a great town. Like, 
dude, come on. Like, we all know you're a fucking weirdo, and the fans aren't going to be pleased. If you win a couple World Series, they'll they'll do that, but you didn't have any luck in D.C., and those teams were just as good as this team is now in Philly. Um, let's be honest. But anyway, that was my... Like I said, I had a I had a lot of feelings on that offseason, and it really pissed me off. And another guy that hasn't even been signed yet, Dallas Keuchel, who he doesn't have quite the pedigree as Craig Kimbrough. He has won a Cy Young, but he's not the same pitcher as he was then. He's not pitching as well, and Craig Kimbrough isn't you know pitching as well as he did in you know four years ago either. But he's still pretty effective in his role. He's more effective at his role than Dallas Keuchel is at his. But yeah, so let we'll go ahead and uh, cut it off there. Uh, this was. Part B of our two-part special for the first episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, moving on from here, we're going to do an episode every week, which is going to be Giants and Yankees combined. Right now, it's going to be a lot of Giants offseason shit and pretty much weekly recaps of the Yankees and things that are going on and guys coming back from injury and guys getting hurt and what's going on across baseball that affects the Yankees and things like that. So I hope you guys tune in. I hope you guys have hit subscribe. And the teaser, ask for a shot. Give me a shot. I, I love these games. I love these sports. I love these teams so much that I feel like I can inform you. Maybe te- not teach you something, but give you a side of something that you didn't necessarily see before because I am a diehard fan of these two teams, but I am a little bit better at looking at them objectively than other fans are. Like, I can see when these teams are making stupid fucking decisions, and I will tell you that. I will tell them that if, if this podcast gets big enough to where I can start interviewing players, let's, let's hope that happens. I will tell them that. I'm not afraid to tell you, like, hey, you're playing like shit. Um, this is my favorite team, but what the fuck are they doing? So hopefully you guys have hit subscribe. Drop us a review in whatever app you, you use to listen to your podcast. Please, please give us a review. If you like the show, review it. It really, really helps. Like I said in previous shows, the Apple Podcast uh, host is the biggest podcasting host across the internet, and review drive their algorithm to raise your show to you know the listings that people see without having to search for a show when they're just searching through you know a sports category or new and noteworthy those reviews are what drives you to get to that point so if you like the show please give me a review i really 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 appreciate it other than that see you next time hit subscribe we'll be back see you later